Hello and welcome back to the Chat with Matt podcast where we talk fitness, adventure, positive mentality, spirituality, relationships, business and all that good stuff. Today's guest is magician and mega TikTok star Joel. In this episode we discuss how mastering a skill has attracted 16 million people, yes that's million, people to follow him on social media. delve into the life of a magician and discover how he has been so successful at such a young age. Uh, this is really interesting conversation. It's in a typically laid back fashion as you would imagine with me. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And if you did, I'd appreciate any shares on your socials. So without further ado, let's chat with Matt. What's the crack? <laughs> the crack is good, man. Tell me with the with the podcast, like, uh-huh. do we just kind of shoot the shit, Chad? Do you have set questions? How, how do we do? I do. I've got set questions which uh, are there in case like the conversation sort of you know dies <laughs> off. But honestly, it's more of a chat conversation. I'm happy enough just chatting like this here, chatting shit and stuff. And it's just I easy. love it. It's nicer as well yeah, for people yeah. listening, like you know. Went very sorry, my alarm's gone off you know what i'll flick that off for good here instead of it don't, going on don't worry that was uh that's a rookie mistake right there <laughs> i think you know what it happens to me so often i constantly i have alarms set like throughout the day for little things all the time is that how you like stay on track of your day just the alarms well not not well so, i suppose sort of it's more for things that like so for example i mean i'll schedule tasks Mm-hmm. But there'll be loads of things I don't want to do unless an alarm literally goes off. And I'm like, right, said I was going to do it. Like, say it's meditation or something like that, where I don't really need to do it. Yeah. But if an alarm goes off, I'm like, right, well, clearly I was disciplined yeah. enough to set the alarm and tell me to do it. Past self wants me to do it, so I'll I'll do it. But uh, that, that actually, weirdly enough, that was to remind me to do this. But I must have hit snooze on it. So 10 minutes later, <laughs> it's reminded me. Snooze <laughs> on the channel of my podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Idea. very sorry i'm guilty <laughs> no that's a really good idea actually the alarm thing i've heard that from uh, one or two people before and it seems to work and like uh mm-hmm. another trick is like for somebody who wants to read and stuff is setting your book mm-hmm. on your bed so at the, when you go to bed it's there yes oh, yeah I- mate that's a that's a game change one because as much as you think you'll have the willpower discipline like you need to make it easy on yourself i think i mean yeah. i most of the really successful people that I've met, like usually are just as lazy and as undisciplined as an unsuccessful, whatever you define success as person. It's just that they, I think they optimize their environment a little bit to make life easier for themselves. Yeah. And that's, that's certainly, if I just, well, if I just went around my normal day and didn't have routines, whatever set up, I'd be borderline useless. Like I'd be terrible. It's so easy to fall back into, into I suppose bad habits or whatever, but little things like that, like the, the book that's a good one by the way that's only one i adopted in the last couple of months but yeah. the book on the bed or alarms little things like that do make a difference i think i think so as well you know what i've actually been focusing a ton on my habits like the past like two weeks and i've mm. noticed it's been the most successful two weeks for me since i've got out of London, just because i've been so i've been killing stuff like just you know mm. 
basically getting up, having your same time you get up every morning, and then that time to say, like, say I'll start work at half nine, get up at half seven or whatever. Those two hours before that, I'll do meditation, gratitude, uh, get my diet on track straight away. You know, get the high protein breakfast in, uh, cold shower. And I tell you, yes. I, it sets me up for the day. I'm ready to go. Me, I think we pretty much have the same morning routine with the exception of the breakfast thing. Now you're in impeccable shape and I'm not. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm falling out of falling out of line here but uh yeah i do the cold shower meditation gratitude that stuff's a game changer um I, dude do you know i heard something about the cold showers recently which really hard i saw you were doing it on your story the other day so i'll just i'll do a minute and i slowly worked it up yeah. so i'll do a minute but i can't even remember who told me to do this the idea is instead of getting in and you know the whole like oh I'm yeah. there, like one minute i'm like ready instead try just relaxing into it and not reacting to it and literally just sitting there and trying not to tense up and you you've it's a completely different experience like it's it's you know of course like when you do something hard you kind of want to like hustle through it and like oh. yeah. but if you just kind of let it happen you'll notice number one it's easier and you realize that the first bit is as bad as it's gonna get so the rest of the minute is actually fine but also it kind of i think trains you for whenever something high pressure comes along you can kind of instead of just going into reactive mode you can sort of just relax into it a bit you know yeah i think that's uh is that the wim hof method he talks about like doing breathing exercises before going into- it may well be i didn't hear it from him because i haven't looked enough into that but it, it may well be yeah. yeah it's class so that's a uh, such a good way to do it but uh it never gets easier as you know yourself like you think <laughs> like after a couple months of doing it it's gonna be easy if it's not cold <laughs> showers <No, laughs> are just different see i could jump into cold water like an ice bath really mm. ice bath no problem it's still water see that cold running water it's like different yeah it is freezing yeah and i think as well like because well at least i do because i associate like having a shower as being like a nice relaxing thing the fact that you're sticking something in the middle of that which is just unpleasant like makes it that much worse like i'm like oh i'm gonna have a shower it's gonna be nice that'll wake me up nice hot water Mm-mm. <laughs> no it's so true i uh but i tell you what even after day one i noticed like a huge difference to my uh mm. to, to the benefits of it like i basically got out of the shower and i was felt so fresh so awake and I was like, this mm. is, isn't that, it like set me up for the day. Like I had the most productive day after that. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. That and like, I think it did two things for me. The first one is that just the aspect, like every day I don't want to do it. And it's so cliche, but not negotiating with yourself and just going, right, well, screw it. I'm just going to do it anyway. You do build a bit of self-confidence, self-esteem doing it, realizing that you're the type of person who can just do something hard when you don't want to. So that was the first thing. This is, I don't know if anyone else gets this, but this, this weird thing happens to me is right at the end of the cold shower, I just kind of want to laugh and giggle a wee bit. I don't know why. It just makes you feel really happy. <laughs> I just do. I just feel really, really happy. Maybe just because I'm getting out of the cold water, but like, it properly gives you a wee spark of happiness first thing, uh, first thing in the morning. So, And that's not to mention all the other stuff you said too. Yeah, 100%. So anyway, I've got one question, one question only. How do you... How do you do it? Oh, I know. <laughs> See those tricks you did in, in Dublin that time? I was like, what the hell? I think it was the last one you did with Toby. I can't remember the details, but I, 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 it actually blew my mind. You read his mind. 
Yeah, well, actually, you give your, you don't give yourself enough credit for the people watching right now. We were we were hanging out. I was doing some mind reading stuff, but you you actually guessed one of the things he was thinking of even before I did. So he <laughs> jumped in there and got it right away. I might have given you a helping hand with the first letter, but you were straight in there, which, uh, which very few people can do. So there's some intuition there, my friend. But no, I mean, but to, to answer your question, right? So the truth is, you know, all, all these tricks, I wish I could go back to whenever I was, I was about five or six when I started learning. I wish you could go back to that again and not understand any of it because once you know all the tricks and secrets, it's not that it makes it uninteresting, but the most fun aspect of the entire thing is the feeling of not knowing how and then learning. So I would love to be able to go through that again, which is why when people say like, how did you do it? I don't want to tell them because it is genuinely more fun when you don't, I think anyway. Yeah. Uh, even if it is a little bit annoying, I'll grant you that. <laughs> it's so exciting it's like i suppose when you you know it it kind of ruins the magic but to me and uh, to toby who was there that day it's like on looking it's like proper magic it brings you back to being a child yeah i think so and that's what's so cool about magic in general is you know, no matter how old you are where where you come from what you're into nine out of ten times it's going to knock someone back to that kind of childlike state which sounds weird and woo woo but it, it really does and you can see in people's faces as well they just forget what's going on for the time mm -hmm. being and i think it makes somebody really present because you know they're number one it's a it's an unusual experience but number two that that feeling of not understanding something and being in kind of wonder or awe is like that childhood thing and it's fun to be able to see that happen in someone's face especially you know, most of the time when we're out and about, we're carrying around all this baggage all the time. And to let someone kind of let go of that for even just 30 seconds is really fun. Yeah. Was that your inspiration for starting or was it? Uh... Oh, no, no. God, God, no. That's something that's developed over the years. I think a lot of magicians say that that's what got them into it, but that's a big fat lie. I think most of the time magicians get into it for two reasons. My reason is that I hated not understanding how the tricks are done. So it's just a selfish <laughs> thing of like, that's really annoying. I don't know how that's done. Please tell me. So it's either that or they get into out of a place of maybe not having high enough self-esteem. So it's like I'm not enough in and of myself. So I'm going to get this extra thing that is inherently impressive and, and kind of attach that to me so that other people will find me impressive. So that's usually why magicians get into it in the first place. What will typically happen is once you get used to the reactions and you take that for granted, then you'll suddenly realize okay, if I take away this magic, what am I? I should probably work on myself a little bit yeah. and, then, and do the magic as well. But the kind of weirder magicians you'll meet usually are the ones who haven't learned to make themselves, you know, enough or impressive first and then attach the magic to it. So yeah, that's a waffly answer. But that, yeah, my reason was that I just, it pissed me off. I couldn't figure out the trick. I, I, I'm like a problem solving kind of person. So oh, seeing yeah. another magician, do something i was like i do not understand teach me that that's why i got into it yeah and who was the was there a person that you always used to watch with when you're younger and stuff that was the person that was like you know that i want to replicate that because it's pissing me off i can't yeah loads there were a bunch there so i suppose the earliest one was a guy called chris angel who was this like big american illusionist and uh, it's really funny because you go through childhood photos you can see me like trying to be these different magicians so that had like the gothic chris angel stage uh, dynamo was on the stage or was on the sort of worldwide stage for a while so i, I wanted to do that kind of eerie street magic stuff and yeah. i think what happens is you, you play all these characters and so you find yourself a little bit 
And then once you find yourself, it's a lot more fun because then you, well, first day it's less effort. You just get to be yourself. And number two, that hopefully makes you different. So there were certainly loads of people. There's another magician. He's not famous by any means, but his name was Jay Sankey, Canadian magician. And I used to buy all his DVDs and books and used to copy his jokes. And I was really young. So it was really bizarre watching like a six-year-old back in video, like making jokes that a 40-year-old would make. But, you know, you iterate your way there. You know how it goes. And did you just go into like primary school and impress all the, the girls with these tricks? Is that the whole yeah. thing? <laughs> well, I tried. <laughs> I did try. I'll tell you. So my first real memory of actually performing magic to someone in school was primary four. And there was a girl called Ellen. Funny, she won't even mind me telling this story because she actually DM'd me recently and reminded me of this story, which is why it's in, is in my head again now. But this girl, Ellen, she asked me to do a trick so i do this trick you've probably seen it before where you take a coin and you bite the coin have you seen this and you like take a bite out of the coin it's like a really it's i think it was one of the first tricks ever on tv that david blaine did where he takes a coin takes a bite out of the coin and spits it back on and hands it out really cool trick but you can you can buy it in most magic stores pretty cheap most people would figure it out these days but back then it was really amazing trick so Mm -hmm. i did this trick took this coin bit the coin in half and spat it back on and alan for whatever reason, thought, I can do that. So she takes the coin off me and goes, Lee, just like this, and, and swallows the coin. It gets stuck oh. in her throat. So she's rushed off to hospital, and I'm told off for staying a bad boy. I'm like, this is not my fault. <laughs> I did not tell her to swallow the damn coin. But uh, yeah, so my, my earliest memory of school magic was was sending someone to hospital, and they had to, well, I don't know how they got the coin out, but I imagine they got it out somehow. So I've never really, never really, uh, taking it to that extent anymore in terms of doing geek magic and letting someone else copy but yeah i think after that i stuck to card tricks in school <laughs> and you know simple simple safe stuff you know yeah but yes yeah it's more in secondary school i think i started doing a lot more magic just because yeah. firstly it was an all boys school so i mm. maybe i didn't feel like the rejection of doing a trick to like a pretty girl and them yeah. not liking it so i was like well if it's guys it's fine so yeah. that was that was maybe why I did a bit more of it then. Amazing. And so mm. would you ever want to do like any sort of risky magic, you know, of the David Blaine sort of ask? <laughs> Dude, yes. Yes and no. I mean, I've done bits of it in the past. Nothing like crazy like Blaine. I mean, he's, he's just insane, you know. But there have been a few tricks I've done before that are genuinely risky. And like they're fun for me. But what I did realize is that I think what people have learned to expect from me is a bit more lighthearted and fun. So mm-hmm. when I'm suddenly really genuinely dangerous stuff, it almost put people off a bit. I mean, there's this will probably change as maybe I get older or the, or the vibe changes. But I, for example, I used to do a trick where I'd shove a, a big needle through my hand and it would go through this end, like the other end. And regardless of how it was done, it's pretty rare looking. And I actually find people weren't impressed by it. They were just like, oh, I don't know, kind of do the mind reading trick instead so i veered away from it that and i've just seen so many magicians do dangerous stuff and actually go wrong because they haven't prepped it enough and really injured themselves for me it's not worth it but it's a different story for someone like blaine or the big guys because i mean they've got a massive team working it's all it's all checked i mean everything's really of course there's risk to it but it is a lot safer than you'd probably imagine yeah i mean just uh when you're a getting started particularly it's probably not a good idea to go around hanging off buildings and stuff <laughs> stuff like that you probably don't know what you're doing so i'm gonna leave it for a bit and then who knows maybe maybe my answer will change in a year or so 
Yeah, well, to be honest, like that that links back to what we we're talking about. It's like you know that you've got to be yourself. When you're yourself, people are most impressed. Even if David Blaine stuff is flipping epic, and it's something yeah. they want to do that. But like right now, you're amazing at what you do, and people love you for you. you Cheers, know? dude. Well, uh, and again, like it works the other way. Like David Blaine absolutely should be doing that stuff because that is so him. Like yeah. if he was doing anything else, it would seem weird. He's always been doing stuff like that. So. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And it does take a little while, regardless of what you're doing, probably to find what is right for you. I mean, I think if you're starting out, this is this is my advice on magic, but I suppose it works for anything. If you're starting out, you probably can't expect to just find yourself and be yourself right away. Like you probably mm-hmm. do have to toy around with different influences and and mm-hmm. emulate other people until you find exactly what it is you want to do. I mean, and this is particularly in the performing world. I think, you know, there's so many amazing comedians you talk about that as well yeah yeah totally i mean actually speaking of comedians that's the one thing i think that's got to be the hardest job in entertainment i mean the idea of going out with nothing <laughs> and oh. just be like here i am it's really uh, scary no, and i think yourself out yeah there. Is a big, I yeah i mean at least with the magic thing you have like magic to hide behind you know yeah. but it's the comedian thing is crazy a question i got is have you ever had one of those really awkward stage moments? Like I asked Shane Todd, uh, you yeah. know, about his ones, and he said he's had a few funny ones. Like, but I imagine part yeah, magic and stuff like that. There is bound to be a few really awkward ones. There are, and what it usually is is either the trick doesn't work. That's more rare. But secondly, it's a trick that you think is going to land in a major way and really blow people away, and it just doesn't because something you have to learn quite quite quickly if you're doing magic for regular everyday life people is that what impresses a magician probably won't impress uh, like a muggle as much as you think because so, so there's like a whole industry behind magic and there's all these amazing methods and amazing secrets but that's impressive to a magician because we know it's a clever method but to like a normal everyday person they just want to see a cool trick so a lot of the time you'll see these magicians and they'll perform what is basically boring magic now a magician will watch it and they'll be like holy moly that is so impressive mm-hmm. but you know a, a spectator who who and those are the type of people i'm trying to is they won't find it impressive so i have had a few awkward moments where in my head i've built this thing up to be absolutely amazing you've done the trick and people have been like oh, okay yeah. <laughs> i'm like oh kill me yeah I uh, like whereas- sometimes there'll be ones that uh even when you were doing it the other day i didn't actually catch on what you were doing until then i was like oh holy shit it took me like a minute to like process what actually happened yeah yeah totally and it's funny because different people interpret the same tricks different ways as well so you'll meet people for example like an accountant is gonna this is very this is generalizing in a major way but an accountant <laughs> is gonna react to a magic very differently than say a painter it's just your, the brains are wired differently so yeah. sometimes you actually have to employ different methods to fool different types of people as well so uh which makes it really fun i mean you don't run into that so much if you're doing magic on stage because it's a big broad audience but one-on-one magic mm-hmm. you have to really be thinking what type of person you're performing to because you know if you're dealing with a really logical problem solving type of person they're going to spot things that somebody else won't and yeah. i think that makes it fun yeah that's interesting that definitely adds another dynamic to the job like i'm interrupting this podcast to give you a short word from our sponsors people ask me all the time matt why are you such a weirdo i say i'm not i'm never ordinary 
And you know what else is never ordinary? Move. An Irish training and lifestyle clothing and accessories brand. Their ethos is all about striving towards the best version of you. The core purpose of Move is encouraging their community to dream, commit, and succeed. Their ranges are available on their website, so are emblematic of their vision, bringing high quality fabrics, versatile for wearing anywhere from training to hiking to chilling. Join the movement. Make sure you tag Move on your Move related socials at we.r.move. We look forward to welcoming you to the movement. See you out there. Be good to you and be good to the planet. Glenisk, Ireland's organic dairy, brings you bio yogurt in climate neutral packaging using locally sourced organic milk. So you've been practicing or learning magic since you're like five. So you're now 21, is that correct? I'm 24, but thank you for saying that. That makes me yeah, happy. Uh, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take the three years. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> I don't have facial hair. I want to make all the 21-year-old as well at this point. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what what's the process like for learning that? Did you learn from YouTube or did you learn just off a person? Well, I, I got into it just before YouTube was really a thing. So, and there wasn't really a lot of magic stuff on there. These days, there's an amazing amount of stuff and there's some incredible places you can learn. And that's why I recommend people do go because magic is such a visual thing that I think it's better to learn it on video than learn it from, I'll get slated for this if the magician's watching, but typically I think videos are better than books when it comes to magic. Yeah. A lot of the best kept secrets are kept in books, but sometimes you have to sit and study this thing for months just to understand what the guy's trying to say, you know? And mm -hmm. I'm a massive reader, so... It's not me slating reading, I read loads, but uh, with magic, I think either the best way to do it is to watch people video or even better, if you can find someone in person, like if there's a magician lives near you, go and watch them at a show or get them to break down exactly what's happening. It, it's like anything, the fastest way you can learn is to get a coach, usually with anything. And that's the same for magic. It feels weird when you say it with magic as people think it's like going to Hogwarts or something, <laughs> but it is just, and for me, to be honest, I took a slightly different route because I didn't know there were any other magicians here in Northern Ireland when I was a kid. I just assumed I was the only one because I never met one and there were no magic shows going on here. So I spent the first seven years just kind of learning myself. And there was like one big book I learned from and then I found like a DVD and it kind of snowballed. And then slowly the internet kicked in. So I was able to find different magic tricks that you could buy and stuff. But yeah, my advice for anyone, if they want to learn magic in particular, is search around on YouTube. Honestly, there's some amazing stuff to get you started there. And then just watch as many magicians as you can. And like anything else, don't beat yourself up that you're probably going to be terrible at the start. It's like anything. You wouldn't expect to sit down at a piano and play a concerto like right away. It takes a bit of, takes a bit of time. Yeah, it takes time to be competent at something. And like yeah. so you started at five and at what age did you really start thinking or start actually going for it like in terms of a career well you know <laughs> so it's funny it's, it's easy to connect the dots looking backwards but I do think that because I started too young and it was my whole world and I saw that other magicians were professional magicians I never really even considered the risk of trying to go and do, do I never really thought that it would be weird to do that looking back mm -hmm. 
like it's a kind of strange career choice but at the time that was so normal to me so I started kind of planning ahead I started getting shows at around 11 or 12 where I was going out and getting paid to do things so funny enough my first ever live gig where I got like paid to go around tables and do magic was in the Belfast Cabaret Supper Club which is like a stone's throw from my apartment now so I've ended up being right beside it which is kind of cool but I started early and was bad early which is good you have to go through that yeah which meant that by the time I hit sort of 18 when I was going out to like make it or whatever which I'm still on that journey I, I had had like seven years of stage experience and like close-up experience so I know a lot of people probably they leave school and that's their starting point there which is absolutely fine but I did have a bit of an advantage I think having just had a lot of had a lot of practice and there was like having said that I was still absolutely clueless as to what I was meant to be doing I remember the first year after I left school just waking up every morning and being like right what do I what do I do like what am I supposed to be spending my time doing like I wanted to be busy I wanted to work but didn't even know what to work on you know yeah so that that was the biggest thing but yeah it, it was get it started early mm. um not that I think you have to I think you can start at any age for sure and just, how long that's just, that just happened to be my story how long Sorry? do you think it would take for to be competent say you started at your age now how long would would you think you know I could actually mm. go on stage or I can actually do an act well I mean it's as you as you know it's very circumstantial and each answer is going to be different i mean yeah me. um that's why see magicians can be clumsy too uh, <laughs> i think it's one of these things i reckon if you got a really good teacher and you were really disciplined you, you could you could learn the bulks of magic in about a year probably and get pretty good at it like i've seen people do it before that's not me estimating there's people i've known who have gone from zero to here pretty quick the harder part and this is why it depends first to person the harder part is learning the social skills and learning the performance skills because yeah. typically the type of person that magic attracts is usually a kind of socially awkward person. That's just what I find. So that's actually harder to break out of than the skills itself. I mean, I've met so many amazingly skilled magicians who are just ninjas with sleight of hand, but they would have the fear going up to show anybody anything. And I mean, if you're doing it for fun, that's awesome. But if you're doing it because you want to make a career, that's a problem because at the end of the day, you gotta have someone to show the trick to and if you can't do that so i would say the first thing you should do is start learning like one or two tricks and instantly get out and start doing that for people and breaking out of your comfort zone like as soon as you can like really you only need, i wouldn't say learn one trick because once you do one people are gonna want to see another but if you have two or three really good tricks and you've practiced them and you've got them down the sooner you can get out and perform and just admit you're probably gonna suck a little bit the better Having said that, if you're a fairly confident person, you get on chatting to people, then you'll probably you'll probably learn very, really fast, to be honest. Yeah, that's the one thing I noticed about you straight away. So uh, we obviously, uh, last Wednesday was the first time we met. And I yes. knew you from TikTok and all lost your stuff at this class. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, that was the big thing. I noticed straight away you were so social, so smiley, so like... Thank you. It's like positive. You're like connected straight away because you knew how to talk to people and interact with people. And that, that seems to be a huge yeah. thing, even in not just magic, like but in like loads of different careers. Yeah, 100%, man. Life, life in general. Yeah. 100%. You're you're 100% right, man. I mean, I think it, and it's not something you have to naturally be good at either. Like I remember the early days, I suppose when I was 11 or 12, like I would get these shows and I'd be so nervous to approach people that I would hide in the bathrooms during my shows to like set up and prepare. And I would, 
like a one hour show for me would end up me being there for three hours to actually fill my time because I'd be so nervous to approach people. Yeah. Uh, but you have a choice there, which is either, okay, you know, I'm just going to not go and approach them and just admit that I'm not good at it and just not go for it. Or you can just be like, right, this is probably going to be horrible for a few seconds and just deeper and just go for it, you know? And what you then realize is that most people are really nice and they want to chat to you and want to be nice to you. That's what you usually learn. Having one thing I will say is that for anyone that is having like approach anxiety, if this is for magic, but in general as well, if you have the fear of meeting people, realize that most of the time, most people are just as nervous to meet you as you are to meet them firstly. But also if you're playing it around in your head over and over, it's going to be a really difficult conversation and it's going to be awkward. That's probably what you're going to experience because you're looking for that in the situation. Whereas if you go in with the mindset of, okay, this is going to be fun. They're going to love the magic. They're interested in meeting me. The conversation is going to be good. That's probably what you're going to experience as well. And that was it. That was a big hack for me. I think uh, I had the same thing. So I used to be shy when I was younger. I couldn't believe it now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty outgoing. Uh, 100%. <laughs> so, <laughs> Definitely. Um, but when I was like around that early teenagers, even mid teenagers, I was like, I was pr- pretty shy. But I think there's a switch in your head, like you were saying, where you're like, either I'm going to be shy and be like, not really seize the opportunities that are presented to me, or else I'm just going to you know take a deep breath and go for it and at that point yeah. you realize that the funner you are the more like outgoing you are and the more confident you are in speaking and being who you actually are your life mm-hmm. just improves so much you people like you so much more because yeah if you look at the biggest thing i look at in people is how different are they like the most the coolest people in the world are the ones that embrace how like different they are. Like Elon yeah. Musk, Elon Musk is like <laughs> left wing. He's alternative. Yeah. He, he's in that like anime and stuff like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but everybody loves him for it. And he does. He just he's 100%. Like, yeah. And the Rock, the Rock's a completely different per- person. People love him for that. And as we yeah. talked about earlier, you you're different. Oh, <laughs> You're up there I am very very similar to the rock in many ways. We've been uh, we've com- been compared quite a lot. You're 100% right, man. Definitely. And I think a lot of the time it doesn't even come from like being like, oh, how can I like deliberately be different and contrast? It's just like the more you are yourself, because most people aren't being themselves, is what I've noticed. And they're like, they're so scared to let themselves out and for the fear of what people would think. Whereas if you just kind of and it, it takes time. It's not something that happens overnight, certainly. But the more you realize that, you know, number one, you're a good person and you're a person of value, then, you know, it gets easier to just kind of be yourself and be fun. Having said that, what I always say to people, if they're starting any sort of performance or whatever it is, you know, be yourself. But if like you is really boring, maybe work on that. Like, don't just be really boring because that's you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can always improve for sure. And you can learn, <laughs> learn to communicate better or learn to be more charismatic or whatever. But uh, most people don't have to go through that. I think most people just if they relax a bit more and they just maybe care a little bit less about what other people are thinking, they'll, they'll probably stand out in a good way. Yeah, and it's about being passionate about what you, you're you talking about or anything. Like, mm. you clearly hear the your voice, like, go up in tone when you're talking about people and then talk about magic and stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think if you're yeah. in the right situation, then you can flourish and then you can be yourself. But 
that being said, so, when I was working on flipping investment banking, I would have like this dull monotone voice, like I say. <laughs> Even though I always have a yeah. dull monotone voice, like, but that's just I can't help that. Like, most <laughs> <laughs> you do not, you do not. Well, this is the thing though, is it's it's about playing into yourself as well. Like I've seen people who do have this kind of deep, sexy, monotone voice try to do the really charismatic over the top, and it seems forced, you know. So yeah. it is actually just about being you know as you say being yourself but you're absolutely right you can it's weird how if you're chatting to someone and they'll be in that kind of dirt state and they're just going through the day and if you ask them about themselves and they start talking about something they're interested in you're absolutely right the vocal tonality changes you can see that that light in their eyes and it's always quite nice to see that you know you almost wish you could keep them there all the time you know you're an interesting person actually when you you're passionate or you're talking about something you're passionate about yeah totally absolutely Anyways, to switch this to another angle, uh, is the magic circle real? The magic circle is real. It is. is. And I remember, I think I was, I was eight years old. And for my Christmas present, my mum and dad got me, uh, or sorry, Santa got me a trip to the magic circle as part of the Young Magicians Club. So you can be a member of the magic circle, or but when you're a kid, you can't be in the full magic circle. So you're in the YMC. So I was given membership to this and flown over. First time we ever missed a flight in my life. Mom oh, missed the no. flight to the magic circle. So we just took out the magic carpet and we, we flew over to the magic circle <laughs> and we got there. Dude, it's so cool. Like, I, I actually don't know if like, I'm allowed to talk about what's inside. I'm not a member any anymore, although I know pretty much <laughs> everyone in it, you know, uh, just because I'm not out in London. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay. But um, it's an actual physical place. It's super cool. And it's a place to hang out with people with similar interests with you and they put on good shows and stuff. It's just really, really cool. Uh, and you know what? The best part about anything like that, because there's a there's an Ulster Society of Magicians as well here in Northern Ireland. And there's a Society of Irish Magicians. It doesn't have the, the same cool name like the Magic Circle, <laughs> but it's a similar sort of thing where it's basically a group of people who have this similar interest meet. And the nice thing about magic is that when you meet another magician, you instantly have something like deeply in common that I don't think other art forms have. And that is the fact that the most interesting thing about magic is the stuff you can't talk about to people. It's the secrets. So you go around your whole life showing this thing to people and the best part of it, you can't share with them. So suddenly when you meet someone who is also interested, you get to talk about the really fun stuff. So there's like a deep bond there, I think, between magicians, uh, which is really, really sweet. That is so cool. What is your yeah. favorite magic movie? Ooh, that's a good question. Probably, it'd probably be The Prestige. Have you ever seen that movie? No, no. There is a good one. It's Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. And David Bowie was in it. Um, there's, it's a good one. I'm not, I recommend you watch it. It's a, it's a good one. Uh, I think, is it Christopher Nolan? Did it? I'm not sure. That might be completely wrong. I'm no, probably just thinking that because of Christian Bale. But yeah. it, it's really good. And, uh, yeah, I'll not give you spoilers because if you do watch it, you'll be glad I didn't. But it's a really good one. I personally like the Now You See Me movies. A lot of magicians yeah, hate those for some reason. I love that. I yeah, that. they get a lot of hate from magicians. And I think the reason is it kind of raised the standard for what I think people now expect magicians to be. Oh. And because suddenly you're out on the streets and you do a card trick, and people are like, well, that's cool, but can you can you do what Woody Harrelson did in that movie where you like hypnotize me? And if you can't do that, suddenly you're not as cool as the movie and you're not, you're not an actual magician. So I think people don't like it for that reason, but I think they're awesome. I think they're really fun. 
Yeah. Especially the first one. I think the first one was better than the second one. Oh, 100%. 100%. Is there any yeah. places that you'd, you'd love to play in the world? Any, like, big events mm. you'd love to play or do anything? Well, you know, it's funny. I actually was thinking about this recently because I think when you grow up and you're a magician, you everyone just says to you, oh, it'll be Vegas for you one day, young man. And you go, oh, yeah, Vegas, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> and then... So anytime anyone said that, I was like, oh, I'd love to do a Vegas show. It'd be so cool. And I finally came to terms a few months ago. I was like, oh, I've never actually been to Vegas. So I don't even know if that's, that would be awful. Like, I don't even know if I'd like it there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> Vegas and that comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, so obviously it'd be so cool to have a big stage. I mean, for me, I love doing the social media stuff. It's fun, but it's always been a way to leverage doing live shows. I love being on a stage. So in any capacity where I can do that, that'll be awesome. Whether that means here in the uk or out further abroad i, I don't know but yeah. at the minute the focus is just to keep scaling the brand and keep getting i suppose keep building that which hopefully will make it easier to oh, do yeah. those live shows when the time comes yeah have you noticed a good difference since you've uh, really exploded on tiktok oh yeah i mean it's it's been it, it changed my life in a lot of ways to be honest like it, it really has and not not in like i'm so cool way but it just it just has i mean that you're gonna experience different opportunities when you have millions of people who know who you are rather than if nobody knows who you are naturally i mean what i will say and i'm glad is that my day-to-day life hasn't really changed very much i still kind of have the same daily routine i did have two years ago like which is nice it hasn't changed that much what has changed is just kind of i suppose the brands we get to work with and you know the the clientele that will book you for shows and stuff that's definitely changed and i hope that continues to grow but to be honest another nice thing about living in northern ireland dude and you'll hope i don't know if you've noticed this is like you get recognized and, and stop for and people ask you to see tricks but not nearly as much as if you were somewhere else mm. like whenever we were in london or wherever it's a lot harder to get around and we're like getting spotted and stuff there so that's kind of nice living in belfast because not like oh, of course tiktok is popular now but you don't get spotted as much. You can kind of just walk around as if you're... Yeah, just, just day to day, you know. I was about to say as if you're a normal person, which, like, I am. So I, I don't mean it like that. But as if oh, I, I don't know. have millions of followers or whatever, it's, it's a nice kind of vibe. I suppose if you were in LA or something like that, it'd be, it'd be tricky, you know? Yeah, it's nuts, though. Like, 14 million people. Like, do you ever think about that in your head? Is it, It's more than 14 now, isn't it? I think it is. No, I, I don't really check in as much anymore, to be honest. I have someone do the posting for me, but like I do check in every week or so. I think it's it's probably closer to 16 now, but I don't know for sure. It's probably like 15 point something. That is, which is do you ever think about that in your head? Like, like Croke Park? Well, yeah, I mean, like yourself, I mean, you have a big following as well. And like, it's, you, you'll know after a while, the number you kind of not not you become numb numb to the number like you're grateful for it but it's hard for your brain to kind of quantify what the difference between one million and 15 is like see so it's yeah. kind of becomes a game a little bit in your head and like that's not me in any way saying oh i'm not grateful for it that's not it's all because i'm so grateful for it and it's like my dream job i love it I, I really do but it is just hard to quantify the difference plus you don't really feel the difference between like one million followers and two million not on tiktok anyway yeah I, you do notice a difference in fairness between one and 15 like that is you just more people don't know who you are or whatever but yeah to, to be honest like i've as i say, i've kind of kept my life fairly similar like the only thing that's changed for me the last few years is where i live i used to live in donica d now i live in belfast so that's changed but 
for yeah. the most part, I'm still just kind of I keep to myself, have the same friends, um, making new friends always, of course. But because of that, I've never really felt the change in the number that much, yeah. which I think is a nice thing a to your character as well, because you do notice something. <laughs> Thanks. Some people will get their heads will just blow away in the wind, like. But you're you're well, yeah. very down earth. Thank you, mate. Well, I was I was going to say the same thing with yourself, and you probably noticed this where you may even have noticed this more than myself. I don't know. Have you been to many of those like influencer parties where it's like a bunch of like maybe it's launching something and they invite those influencers? For me, like, and there's exceptions to this, like, and this isn't saying they're bad people, but I've been at some of those events and it's just been like the worst day of my life because mm. for some, like, these people maybe get like their 20,000 followers and the ego just goes through the roof and they're hard to talk to and oh, they're big for the boots and that's not everyone for sure like they're yeah definitely not. and what i noticed actually weirdly enough <laughs> was oftentimes a lot of the bigger creators I, and influencers were actually the nicer ones I, they were gonna say the exact same thing yeah because i think the reason they got there probably is because they are nice and quite humble a lot of the time you know yeah. so I remember whenever I went to one of them, it was in Mayfair in London. And I remember just standing there. I, at the time, I was the smallest creator in the room. I was a plus one, actually. And I just was looking around and it was just so, everyone was just so pompous. And I was like, I just don't want, don't want ever to be like, to be like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like, I don't even, know, couldn't tell you the names of these people. And I didn't really get to know. I'm sure a lot of them are lovely people. It's just, it wasn't ready for me. And funny enough, the biggest influencer in the room was the one who actually took the time to chat and and asked me about me rather than so it which i thought was an interesting lesson you know no 100 percent. and i've noticed that as well at these these events and stuff like i just don't understand people who who think they're better than other people just because they've got a number and some social media account like oh because like listen it's cool or whatever but like it really doesn't mean anything at the end of the day of that's very easy to say when you have it. I get it. And if I'd heard myself saying that a few years ago, I would have been like, that's so like you're trying to be humble or whatever. But like really at the end of the day, sure, it's a career and stuff. But if it all went away, you would like to think that you're not a completely different person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it did all go away, would you still be comfortable and happy with yourself? You know, yeah. and there's it's absolutely definitely no excuse to treat anyone differently for sure. Just. Yeah. And like I'm that's horrible actually, um, in the sense that life hasn't really changed too much. Like I've got a lot more opportunities mm. now, and um, I can live life doing the things I want to do a lot more. Yeah. But it hasn't changed my day to day and stuff. I'm just busier. Totally. <laughs> I think it's you. You're absolutely right, dude. Like it does. Get, it's silly to say like, oh, nothing changes when you get these followers. Like it absolutely does. Like you can monetize it, and it means you can if you want to be you can be your own boss or whatever but like just for, for anyone watching as well if you do want to uh, not necessarily be a magician but if you want to be an influencer or whatever do totally be aware that like it's not like you become an influencer and your life is just like super easy and it's like what you see on instagram like that sounds obvious to say but like it does come with a lot of work and responsibilities as well and if you enjoy doing it that's awesome but there's been a couple of people that i've met who, who want to do this thing like be their own boss and be an influencer whatever the word influencer means that's a separate thing but then like if they were faced with the reality of what that looks like day in day out they'd hit it you know so you have to be aware of what that actually looks like before you there's a lot of worries that go with it as well there's a lot of worries sure. things like out there and like am i gonna succeed a lot of doubts a lot of anxiety so you have to you have to take the rough of this movie you have to 
see totally, man. there is all these opportunities but there's also all these these negative things like anxiety and stress yeah i was gonna ask you what's the coolest opportunity that you've actually got like what's been your favorite thing that you've got to do because of this this like, kind of brand you've built <laughs> uh i would say traveling is the big thing for me because i just value traveling above like yeah. it, it and fitness are up there just adventure and stuff so i've got like mm. trips to new york to like meet these amazing guests for podcasts and things like that this year if i like different people um like uh, i was talking to rob lipsit and all, all these fitness influencers that i would have yeah. And watch their their vlogs and stuff just chatting away with yeah. them so it's so cool that's insane dude i i'm not really i'm not an insecure person but i gotta tell you if there was one person who would make you feel a bit insecure insecure that would be rob that he's a good looking <laughs> boy he's like he's in he's in some nick um, <laughs> i feel crap beside him like. yeah 100 that, that's exactly it though and i think it's that's so cool that you also know what you value as well because something i kind of found the trap of whenever I was getting started is I would go after these things because I was told I'd value them for whatever reason. Like one of them, for example, was travel. I was like, right, well, when I get this brand, I'd be able to travel loads and that'd be so cool because everyone wants to travel. And then I quickly realized that I actually really don't like traveling. <laughs> and I was, just, so yeah, you have to know yourself well enough to know why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah. I'm the type of person who much prefers being like really comfortable in like my own space here in the house, but which is cool. You just got to know. So yeah absolutely. for me instead of valuing travel i value the fact that i can just work from home that's what i like and yeah you should, it's important to ask yourself what you actually want because you could climb this ladder what you climb ladder to end up realizing the ladder's in the wrong wall type thing oh, <laughs> and i maybe fell down that yeah so it's cool that you're i like when you said that you value travel because at least you know that about yourself most people don't yeah, I think knowing yourself is very important. Like, I, I do know myself pretty well. Obviously, you can always improve that and get to know yourself better and things like But I know exactly what I want to do in that sense. And a good exercise mm. that I've been told is uh, just to have a blank page and write exactly what you want and ask why. Mm. And ask why again. And then ask why from that. Mm. And then you'll get down to it and you'll realize maybe that you don't actually want that or it's something else you want well i certainly have written down what i want but you're absolutely right asking why is important yeah absolutely but joel this has been yeah. a great chat unbelievable 100 man jeepers i'm just looking at the time that is uh <laughs> that is flown in holy moly that's that's a sign of a good chat so it is i think well, i hope so that i just waffle on too long but <laughs> thank you here let me just say thanks so much for having me on because i love doing this sort of thing uh, I think you're an, an incredible fella and I, I really back what you're doing. So thanks for having me on. It, it, is, a, well, it is a pleasure. You. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's more my um, my uh, pleasure than yours. Like, But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, do you want to shout out your socials or any tours or anything you've got going on that you want to promote? Totally. I thought, well, thank you for the opportunity. I shall, I shall. Well, so if you're in Northern Ireland and you want to see me do a live magic show, I'm doing Ulster Hall on December 18th, 2021. Tickets are going fast. So yeah, make sure you get them before they all disappear. That's the magic pun that we, we get in there <laughs> with the sales pitch. But uh, yeah, December 18th, it's going to be so much fun. So we just, I think there's a thousand seats. It's going to be good crack. And uh if you want to come, Matthew, just send me a, send me a DM. I'll sort you out with the seat Absolutely. for you and your mates. Love it, man. 
happy days but yeah that's that's it for me that's all my pitching that's that's my shameless plug is done (laughs) (laughs) thanks very much joel all right boss take it easy get ready set